Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. And this week it's just the two of us, which uh, we all know you've been waiting for, so I'm not even going to pretend to be all shy. It's like, welcome back, Miriam. I've missed welcome. you so much. I've missed it, and thank you for everyone's patience with me. I was been all over the place, had a busy life, but I am back and really excited to be recording again. Um, which kind of leads us to the, the subject of this week's episode. Yes. Um, which is all about opening up post-COVID slash, let's be real, it's never going to be post-COVID. Um, don't at me for everyone being upset with that sentiment. But Or is you know, it like always post-COVID? Like the rest of our lives ooh. will always be post-COVID. I mean, but COVID will always be around. It'll just be everyone has to get vaccinated. Yeah. Anyways, I'll get off my, my stool. <laughs> We're not dipping into that. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> we are talking about the return to normalcy, whatever that means, whatever that might look like for yes. you. Um, we definitely have a bunch of immunocompromised pals listening to this. Mm-hmm. We are not leaving you out of the conversation. We know not everyone is going to be returning to normal right now or has a timeline for that. But we want to talk about how to kind of ease back into things with restrictions lifting and, mm-hmm. um, you know, going back to school for all you kiddos, going back to school mm-hmm. in person or doing a hybrid system online and in person for everyone who's headed back to work now or in the fall, like mm-hmm. yours truly in person gives me a little bit of anxiety, but mm-hmm. hey, that's real. That's me. And for those of us that are going to uh, to summer camp this mm-hmm. uh the summer as a counselor or as an attendee and if you're attending i am jealous very jealous yeah every every time i talk about how i never got to go to diabetes (laughs) camp and it's just like my biggest qualm with this disease lol not really i have so many other issues with this disease but that's the one thing i would love to go with you one day emily there's that adult diabetes summer camp um what's it called i think i want to say it's in canada called strip stream or slip streams Strip, 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 I like strip stream better. <laughs> like test strips. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. You're right. Slip stream. Um, I feel like I was talking to someone about this before COVID, before the pandemic, and I was like, oh my god, I'm definitely gonna do that. That'd be so much fun. It's like an adult like summer camp basically for like three or four days. Um, like somewhere in Canada, I think they do them. And then the pandemic hit, and I'm like, well, there's all my like exciting like diabetes summer camp plans but i think we should definitely do that one day um, we should. we'll reach out when, to a slipstream slip and maybe stream. rebrand you for pancreas pals as strip stream but <laughs> i think got a little inappropriate so all the moms out there that are listening don't worry we're talking about test strips test so strips. i don't want to see any angry dms about this one no but i'm coming in hot today you are but that would be a fun first of all we should do that but to back to the topic of what today's episode is i think this is very relevant right now because Everything's opening up. Like, I don't know about you, but I've seen more people without masks walking around. Granted, we're from New York City, so I think people were wearing masks more than more than the norm to begin with. Um, <laughs> my job, we're having – my job is almost like 50% in person at this point. So, like, slowly but surely, things are coming back to, like, quote-unquote normal. Um, and so diabetes aside, 
I think just as people, as humans, having lived lived through this experience together, it can be very anxiety-provoking for a lot of people. I think for a lot of people, it's exciting, feels great. It's like the sun is coming out and everything is positive again. But for a lot of other people, this is very anxiety-provoking. Um, how can we have gone through this such an extreme experience together of isolating, not seeing anyone, barely leaving your house, like – not by together, not, we mean like at the same time. Same not time, yes. Together, Simul- together. Yeah. Together emotionally. As like as a society, we've all gone through this experience together. And it can feel very jarring to go from that to like, woohoo, COVID's over, come on out. Like it feels so extreme. And like obviously we know it's not over. But you might know I know people, you might know people that are kind of proceeding with life as if nothing has happened, as if everything's fine. And so I think just giving yourself space and time to acknowledge that this is a very jarring shift for some people. It's normal to feel really anxious. It's normal to want to dip your toes in and start slow. And I actually think that's probably the best way to do it is to not like go crazy, not say, not give yourself a hard time for wanting to like still wear your mask around, I think it's appropriate to say, I'm going to start small. I'm going to start with really small group gatherings with people I trust. I'm still going to avoid, you know, I don't know, movie theaters, whatever it is that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's um, honestly tragic because I loved going uh, to the movies. Like, so and anyone who's from the tri-state area knows, or probably California too knows how expensive movies are. Mm-hmm. So it was always such a treat. Like, my boyfriend and I would hit up a movie maybe like once a month or once every other month. I mean, by expensive, I mean it's almost like 20 bucks a ticket, or at least it was before the pandemic. We could afford it. We were just trying to treat it as something bougie, but um, I miss that so much. But I think it really, um, bringing up my boyfriend, I think that something that's interesting, you know, he's a healthy, um, not that we're all not healthy, but he has no chronic illnesses that we're aware of, knock on wood, um, but has also been really struggling with the idea of return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure a big part of that is because I have been terrified of COVID coming from a chronic illness perspective. Mm-hmm. And as someone who loves to be in control of things, and this disease is literally the epitome of mm-hmm. not being in control, um, he too has really been kind of suffering some anxiety in terms of like he was one of the last people I knew to get vaccinated mm-hmm. just because it it really he has Healthy he's only been guy. fully back yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's only been fully vaccinated for literally I want to say three weeks mm-hmm. now so whereas I've been lucky to have been the only thing my chronic illness gave me that was positive aside from all these friends early and pals but it was that early vaccine so I've been like having a lot easier of a time acclimating whereas Mm -hmm. he is now literally like just yesterday like within the past week he's finally like I cannot spend another minute every time we're indoors he's like let's go out let's go do something and I'm already like Matt I'm gonna be honest with you I had my really social times before the pandemic I was going a million like anyone who ever met me or saw me in New York can attest to how busy and how much of a social life I've always loved to have Mm -hmm. and the pandemic really made me slow down and I've become much more of a homebody whether that's (laughs) partly due to anxiety but also mostly because I've realized I'd much rather be spending my time safely and with people Mm -hmm. that I love and 
you know, already want to hang out with and then like, you know, going out to bars and things like that, wasting my time in crowded spaces, feeling unsafe and anxious. And I think that if uh, if you're whether you're like me, you're like Matt or, you know, Miriam's been vaccinated since like January. So she's (laughs) definitely had and, and her husband has as well. Uh, thank you for your work, healthcare professionals that you are. Um, it's it's we're all at different points in yes. our way in our back to level. normalcy mm-hmm. and our comfort level. And whether or not you have a chronic illness or a mental health uh, issue, for lack of a better word, it's it's a change. And even if you don't believe in COVID, um, that's something that I'm not going to get into, but even if you think that it didn't happen or it's not real, your life was somehow affected by oh, this. Oh, a thousand so percent, yeah. It happened to all of us, whether or mm-hmm. not we actually contracted the virus or anything like that, but we have all been living in this COVID world. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit like um, watching Matt beginning to leave his apartment, <laughs> like like he was like a Bambi, like learning how to walk for the <laughs> first time or like coming out of a cave, like seeing the light for the first time and he is ready to go and I'm like already back reading in my bed like that's how I'd like to spend my Saturdays yeah. from now on it's um, also yeah I don't know about you but I've like lost the ability to small talk oh like, I yeah noticed, I'm like I like cheese what do you like yeah like, <laughs> like I've had I feel a couple, like I'm like social gatherings since things have loosened up a bit yeah I like if it, it's always with people I'm like a know well like we're acquaintances maybe not close friends but I know them I cannot carry on a conversation anymore it's like really horrifying they'll be like oh well, how you know what are you up to what's new I'm like uh well uh, there, there's a pandemic um like I've got nothing so this is a weird trans even even if you're ready and excited to be out and about and socializing like you maybe you've lost the ability to like I have it's truly a bizarre time and hopefully we I went will out not, to dinner the other yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, hopefully we'll not have to experience this again, this again in our lifetime. Like, hopefully we will not have this weird year and change on pause. Um, but that's what we had. And th- we are, we're all dealing with the side effects of that now. Truly. And I think something that um, from a diabetes perspective and, you know, this obviously is, uh, is, I can't speak. This is applicable. That's the word I was looking for to (laughs) caretakers and loved ones of type ones and type twos, anyone with any type of chronic illness. I think that something for me that I've noticed is the ability to be home and like really live on my own schedule, Mm -hmm. even though I'm still working, if not putting in more hours than I was before COVID times, my blood sugars have been for, for, literally the most part like the last month aside have been so much better and mm-hmm. so much steadier and I think that um as soon as things started opening up as soon as I started you know going out for drinks again mm-hmm. and going on um, you know walking f- mm-hmm. all these distance to meet up with friends or you know getting stressed about seeing a crowd <laughs> unmasked people even though that might be completely fine it just still, still I'm like jarring. oh my god I haven't yeah. seen people's mouths in so long um, they're disgusting, but just kidding. <laughs> but um, I think that something that I'm anxious about is how to maintain my blood sugars when I do return to the office this fall. And whether that's, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be returning to an office five days a week. I think it'll be a different schedule, especially for what I do as um, a digital, primarily digital editor. It's very, you know, everything I do is online. So there's really not a need for me to go in. But 
you know, a lot of these companies, I'm sure there are people out there that have similar are in a similar situation mm-hmm. where you're required to go and, you know, people live on that kind of collaborative environment. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. for creative fields, it might not be necessary, but the companies feel that it's needed. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm trying to figure out how, you know, I have to I have to kind of reapproach my blood sugar for the first time yeah. again um, and kind of managing those things. So I thought it might be helpful to kind of take a step back and kind of, you know, as uh, as my therapist, my therapist from way back when would say, you know, look at your toolbox. What tools have you established mm-hmm. that can get you to where you want to be or that you can use in times of need? Um, and I'm not just talking about anxiety wise. I'm talking about blood sugar yeah, wise. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point. Like even so, like I just the first time I went out and like had dinner with friends, I like forgot to bolus beforehand. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like I was so distracted by like talking and like this is what used to happen a bunch like when I was younger and out and about and you know it's how long have you had diabetes um oh I just had 25 years 25 and change oh my yeah. god mazel happy quarter life uh quarter life failing patients. without your eyelid cells um, whatever it is <laughs> exactly but it's funny like and that was that was a one of those moments for me like oh eureka i have to remember how to do this again how to like have diabetes while si- simultaneously socializing and so you make a good point of like wh- like questioning for all of us why were our blood sugars better or more controlled during isolation or quarantine whatever we're calling it and i think that's because for you and, and for me, like the routine, the structure, the repetitiveness of your days and having control of your days, having control of when you can have lunch, when you can kind of what you're eating for lunch, little pre-bolusing, pre-bolusing. Not, not being worried that there's going to be a really long line down at like my favorite place, exactly. you know, exactly not having little things, exactly unexpected, like, oh, I have to walk downstairs. I forgot something and back and forth, back and forth, like not having all of those those factors in your day makes for much more predictable blood sugars. And so, yeah, it can feel very overwhelming to figure out how can I maintain that when I'm going to be entering a new position, a new unpredictable environment, you know? How can I keep things predictable in an unpredictable environment? And same goes for all the all the kiddos out there going back to school mm-hmm. and, you know, people going into college. Yeah. Maybe you've forgotten what it's like living in a dorm. You've been with your parents or mm-hmm. your caretaker loved ones for the past year and a half. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have to go back to managing my diabetes. Yeah. Or, oh, thank God my mom's not going to be hovering over me every five mm-hmm. seconds asking what my blood sugar is mm-hmm. or if she can get back on my Dexcom. Um, but I think if you're lucky enough to have a Dexcom. But – I think that some setting boundaries for yourself, for others, and, you know, there's some other things that we can bring up that might be helpful. I know for me, um, remembering to actually check my blood sugar and look at my Dexcom, Mm -hmm. not just during alerts, but, um, you know, kind of seeing where I'm trending, but not being obsessive about it. When I go into the office, sometimes I or at least back in the day, I used to get a little nervous that people would think I'm texting or that Mm -hmm. I'm checking my phone or just not finding work interesting Mm -hmm. but I'm really checking my blood sugar um and you know I haven't had to think about that at all the past year and a half and I think that it kind of does put me back in my mindset of like you know when I was first diagnosed and having to go through all this for the first time and for everyone out there like you know 
that are returning to any type of work, people are moving jobs. People are starting new schools. People are moving around in this past year and a half has shown a lot of people what they want out of life and it might not be the same people that were there a year and a half it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not like an episode of friends it's not entering back at the same exact time Mm -hmm. you know like you're not coming back and it's not a sequential order there has been a year and a half that's gone by and there are going to be new people or people that forgot that you need to do this or give yourself a shot before you eat or something like that and I think you just need to give yourself grace and time to kind of feel those feelings, feel frustration or feel um, anxious to mm-hmm. kind of bring up a conversation, mm-hmm. but also set those boundaries that you might not have had the first time around that you can yeah. start now. Exactly. I think that's a good point. I was just, when you were talking about that, I was thinking like, oh yeah, even if you're like on a meeting via Zoom, it's really easy to put your head down, give yourself a quick bolus and press on. Whereas when you're, if you're going to be in meetings in person, that can feel a little bit more anxiety provoking now, like kind of, you know, jostling with something if people aren't, don't know what you're doing. So I think you make a good point of, yes, this is a kind of a refresh for everyone. This is new for everyone. And I think things will start, you know, gradually changing. But this might be the chance to, like you said, kind of make a boundary and tell people that you didn't previously know or say, oh, by the way, yeah, I got this new diabetes technology, so that's what I'm looking at, if you feel like you need to. If you're, if that's something that you find yourself kind of self-conscious about or worried about, it's really hard to tell people. I get it. Like, I'm not belittling that experience at all. I've been there. It's so anxiety-provoking and, like, I always wonder why. Like, what am I so afraid of? What am I so nervous about? But it's very... We're afraid of acceptance and people looking at us differently. No one wants to be different. It's very vulnerable. But I've always, almost always, actually I can say always, I've always been relieved that I did it when I tell someone. Yes. I have to say I've definitely dealt with my fair share of questionable reactions, Mm -hmm. but I've never regretted... Yeah. Disclosing. I mean, listen. It's at the worse, end of the at day, at the end of the day, they know. Even if they, they respond, it's weirdly. a safe. Mm-hmm. It's a safety thing. Nine times out of mm-hmm. ten, it's a safety thing. And if if it's something that's not well received, that's information. Yeah. And uh, you know, at, you don't need people in your life that are gonna be adding to your plate in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So, for if you're going to college, um, if you're going back to college, whatever it is with school. Um, you know, kind of just take everything with a grain of salt and give give yourself space because chronic illness aside, this is a huge time of change for everyone. Yes. So even if your pancreatically capable roommate or new coworker who has never met someone with any form Mm -hmm. of diabetes, like, or, you know, your elementary school teacher is like making, not elementary school, hopefully we don't have any kids that young listening, (laughs) your high school teacher making you feel a little like, out of the blue if she like Mm -hmm. warns the entire class that this kid might beep like whatever Mm -hmm. it is know that everyone knows at this point from this past year and a half what it's like to be scared of or know Mm -hmm. about any type of 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 a physical illness because we've all gone through this together um and that that should kind of level the playing field a bit for better or worse i mean hopefully no one's contracted covid hopefully no one really fully understands to that level like nothing horrible not wishing for anything horrible to happen to anyone but i think that seeing this type of stuff on the news and just starting conversations that this past year about health and you know on the whole as citizens of the u.s or even of the world 
health affects everyone, no matter what disease someone might have or not have, it's affecting everyone. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think you're right. Like this past year, we've been talking about health in general so much. It's on everyone's radar that I almost do feel like there's this general – more open-mindedness about chronic illness. People might not know what that even means, but they've heard the term now, chronic illness, <laughs> you know, in some in some form. And so I think that will, I hope, ease some of the burden of telling people about diabetes if you feel you need to. Um, I think people are going to, I hope, people are going to be a little bit more understanding, more respectful, or at the very least just like a little bit more hands-off. Like they're not going to ask too many questions if they say, oh, right. you know, I have a, this is something I have to check for my chronic illness. They'll be like, oh, oh, okay, no problem. You know, I think more I, more often than not, that's the response you usually get anyways. Um, and so I hope right. this, this year will just increase that. I think uh, Nicole, I think it was Nicole Buchanan who we had on mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. She posted something about like wearing your diabetes tech loud and proud Mm -hmm. and I I commented on that because I I really up until the past year and a half right around when COVID hit I was super self-conscious of wearing my pump anywhere that someone might see Mm -hmm. um I mean I I wouldn't let it stop me to like the full extent like I wasn't wearing long sleeves in the summer but Mm -hmm. I um, I would be anxious about it if it, if someone brought it up mm-hmm. or if someone pointed it out. But after wearing masks for the better part of a yeah. year and um, kind of realizing that at this point, I don't really care as long as yeah. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been a huge change for me, a positive that came out of this time is like I – have been home so I don't care what you know no one's looking at me that and everyone that's around me knows I have diabetes and knows that this pump is a good thing that um what I you know my scars and everything literal scars Mm -hmm. are denote that I'm trying to take care of my health so it hasn't even been on my mind at all and then you know now I'm getting back out there and I I just find that I'm bringing that level of nonchalance I wouldn't even call it confidence I'm calling it nonchalance some laissez-faire if you will attitude towards the whole thing because it's like at the end of the day this past year and a half has been so unbelievably trying emotionally and physically for so many people like if my insulin pump is is a question it is not a big deal Mm -hmm. at this point in my life like it is like yeah that's my insulin pump cool you're diabetic yeah that's cool okay bye like you know whatever yeah like that so true you know and my obviously relationship to like wearing my tech loud and proud has changed over the years as I've gotten older different life experiences but recently I was thinking about it like the reason I tended to hide it was because of strangers I didn't want strangers to come up and ask me oh what is that what is like I didn't want to deal with that but I actually found on the flip side of that I often felt like you know I went through a phase of thinking I feel like my friends forget that I have diabetes because I do hide it because I wasn't talking about it with them all the time and so there was actually this was pre-COVID but there was an event where I was wearing my Dexcom on my arm because that's lately that's where I've been liking to wear it the most I get the best readings whatever and so I was wearing it on my arm and I was wearing this dress with sleeves and I thought the sleeves were going to cover it but they didn't and it was like I didn't obviously wasn't going to like take my Dexcom off I didn't want to change and I just kind of had this moment of like you know what whatever I'm going out to dinner with my friends they're gonna see my Dexcom what do I care and one of them 
said to me in a very nice, like, was not aggressive, in a very nice way, was like, oh, you, you normally don't wear that there, right? I've never seen you seen it there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I explained. I was, you know, running out of real estate. I had to move it to my arms, whatever. <laughs> Retweet. But it reminded, it was one of those realizations of, like, I get frustrated or i insecure thinking that my friends have forgotten I have diabetes. Whereas this is a way to kind of remind them, like, yep, look, I always have it. It's always freaking attached to me. I have diabetes. And it's a very, like, we don't have to discuss it. I just explained, oh, yeah, I ran out of real estate. That was it. But it kind of felt a little bit validating for me to acknowledge, like, oh, they are seeing me now. They are seeing that I'm wearing this, doing this all the time. Right. Because I think we always talk about um, diabetes as an invisible illness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I've seen a lot of stuff online lately being like, I hate it when people call it that because Mm -hmm. it's not invisible. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. But it's invisible I, t- I take that more as like metaphorically yes, invisible yes. because it's not, it is something that we can live with. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, people are concerned about curing all these other uh, terminal diseases, which mm-hmm. are horrible. And those deserve our attention too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not negating any of that amazing work. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's what invisible means because it's like at the end of the day, we got this COVID vaccine in what, a year or mm-hmm. a little under a year. Mm-hmm. And that's because this is affecting so many people and it's horrible and all, you know, a thousand percent so excited to get it and so grateful. But at the same time, diabetes of every kind has been affecting people for hundreds, probably thousands of years, you know, like before definitely was around at some point. And, um, you know, we're still working towards finding a cure, finding a more viable solution. But, you know, to me, it's like that means it's just just it's not necessarily invisible from a physical and you know visual standpoint Mm -hmm. it's invisible in terms of like it's not necessarily what everyone you know it's not the walks that everyone's trying to go on to cure it it's not what people are always raising money to cure it and that's fine that's completely fine but that's what I think of when I think of invisible for sure and I think of the burden that comes with having this illness that people can't see they don't see that you have it so like that's a privilege sometimes it's a huge privilege for sure like go through the world no one knows that your pancreas is like on the fritz like you're just moving on as normal but on the flip side of that it's also very invalidating at times um and it can feel isolating and i think isolating because you are dealing with this illness it's completely invisible so no one sees you going through it they might not understand the gravity of it because it's like well you look fine you don't look sick so that is Ugh, I hate that yeah so, so I'm like you should see me after two days of not sleeping yes. hit me up then like, so somehow wearing your tech or whatever it might be loud and proud is a way of making it no making it visible it's no longer invisible people can see it it's just like a gentle reminder to them like oh yeah she has diabetes which you know, sometimes you want, sometimes you don't. So that's why it's like a privilege. You get to decide when you want it to be invisible and not or not. Right. And um, kind of this kind of got a little bit off topic. Yes, but I did. think that you know we can't we can't MA. stop yeah. when we get on a tangent. I just said M A instead of M O. Um, S O S. <laughs> I think that's like 
my day in a nutshell. I need another cup of coffee or just to go to bed at before 7 p.m. That seems unwell. I know, right? This is getting into your late 20s slash Miriam's early 30s over here. But I think what I want everyone to get out of this episode is that you are not alone in whatever you're feeling, Um, whether that's anxiety about returning to any form of normal, uh, anxiety because maybe you have you're more likely, even if you were able to get the vaccine, it's not as effective because you might have some other underlying issues. Like, do what you need to do to get through the day without mm-hmm. putting anyone else in harm's way. And, you know, just live your best life, live your truth. Uh, you still have some time to figure stuff out. And talk to your doctors if you're feeling uncomfortable. Talk to medical professionals. Look at science-based facts and p- trusted outlets and really Make sure that you are doing what you can to make your mental health and your physical health a priority mm-hmm. in whatever you're returning to, whatever that phase of normalcy might be for you. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask for help. And that includes like going to your HR department and being like, hey, I'm really anxious about returning to work. Like I I have a chronic illness or hey, mm-hmm. you know, like what's this going to look like? I'm terrified to get on the subway. Whatever yeah. it is. Um, people are accommodating. You just have to voice it. Exactly. Exactly. Amen. You have to voice. And you might get a no. You might get, sorry, we can't accommodate that. But advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself. And, and at least, at the very least, feel like you've tried. So from a mental health perspective, Miriam, to kind of round out this yeah. entire episode without having given you any questions prior to this, <laughs> kind of literally on the fly what would you tell maybe not your patients but what would you tell yeah what would you tell patients that are coming to see you about the reopening of the world what like what should what are some indicators that maybe people are started that you might start I can't speak what are some indicators that you might start you might be starting to feel overwhelmed and what are some ways to take a step back and assess that so you feel less overwhelmed yeah I think just being in tune with your own anxiety symptoms I think everyone feels and experiences anxiety differently so I think having a general awareness of what that means to you some people don't feel like emotionally they might not feel anxious but they'll notice their body you know they might be clenching they might be tight they might feel achy they might have GI issues like whatever it might be so I or versus some people have ruminating thoughts and spiraling thoughts and can't sleep and you know don't have an appetite whatever so I think it's being really in tune with what your anxiety symptoms are ahead of time And then taking it really slow. You know, the advice I would give for entering this new world is acknowledging, first, acknowledging that we have no control over other people. You can only control yourself. And so that's a hard... That goes for people that are against vaccines, too. Yes. It's both end of the spectrum. I mean, I'm not condoning that because I would like to make this very clear that I'm just trying to keep the peace, but everyone should get vaccinated, (laughs) in my humble opinion, if your doctor says you can. Um, Moving on. Sorry. I had to jump in there and say that. Acknowledging that we can't control other people, so you cannot control if someone else was vaccinated or if someone else is wearing their mask. All you can do is control what you do and how you respond and what situations you put yourself in. So acknowledge that your job is not to like, unless it's literally your job to change people's minds, but 
on a day-to-day basis. It's not your job to change people's <laughs> minds. But are you a hypnotist um, or like a political? I don't know if you're if you're a doctor. I don't. You know yeah, what I mean. I guess, but yeah, it is not true. your job um, or your responsibility to to control other people. You can only control what you do. So I think that means taking the precautions that you feel comfortable with, whether that is getting a vaccination, whether that is still wearing your mask around, um, avoiding certain certain situations or environments where you think you're going to feel uncomfortable. That is all totally okay. Um, and to kind of to be expected in this very transitional period as we are transitioning back to normal life. Um, can't control other people. What is my other thought? And two – Take it slow, like ease into it. You don't need to go like full throttle, like, all right, throw all my masks in the garbage. Let's go to a party. Let's go to a club. Like, no, you can start small. And I'd actually encourage most people to start small. You don't want to have this extremely jarring shift and then, you know, feel anxious afterwards. You know, I think just ease into it. Um, Start off with people you feel really comfortable with, people that you trust, Start by having small gatherings if that feels more comfortable um, and just take it day by day. And on that note, I think that is the perfect way to wrap up this episode. So if you want to hear more, which we sincerely hope that you do, uh, check us out on Acast, Spotify, you name it, we're on it, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Um, check us out on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals, on Facebook at pancreas pals pp. Slide into our DMs on both. Either we love hearing from you, which also goes for our email, which is pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Send us an email if you have anything you want to say. If you have any ideas for future episodes, you name it, we love to hear from you. Again, just reiterating things here. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode didn't cause more anxiety, but just know that there is always a pal out there, whether that's just on Instagram or in real life that you can talk to. So have a great rest of your week, everyone, and enjoy the slow and steady reopening and get your vaccine. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye.